Well, we are back in as part of Championship Week. Lots of college hoops upcoming. Much to talk about and discuss on the latest edition of the SportsMediaWatch.com podcast. I am merely the somewhat rested, somewhat lucid host. You need extra eyeballs, extra screen screens, and you're sleep deprived this time of year. Uh, TJ Reeves, he is the owner, the operator, the purveyor. SportsMediaWatch.com. John Lewis is back aboard. I always love talking with you. I know you're a little sleep deprived right now with everything going yeah. on. And it's not going to get any better with the NCAA tournament that's happening and all the other stuff. We got to, I don't know, the catnap becomes our friend. How are you feeling otherwise? Everything good as we rock on in March? You know, uh, anytime you have the pleasure of dealing with the uh, canvas uh, grading system, <laughs> it's always We're just going to call them out by name. Might as yeah, well. Yeah, I am. National, national <laughs> system. Uh, by the way, my middle schoolers in Florida utilize it. It's utilized all over the place. John is not a fan right now. No, we'll just put that out it's there. Terrible. It's uh, you didn't even say the it though, like bad. Charles Barkley or like uh, Bill Walton. Terrible. It's terrible. Um, all right. So that's uh, it's not good. Let's uh, let's get things underway. What you've been writing about on the site. We're going to cover topics involving NFL broadcasters. What a surprise. March Madness. And uh, the NCAA tournament and the selection show coming up. I, I believe that that Sunday night at uh, 6 p.m. is a lot like Christmas morning. If you're a sports fan, you know, get, get under the tree and open the presents and find out where everybody's going with a bracket, et cetera. We're going to find out if, if John fills out a bracket. And I want to I find out a couple of things about that as we go along. Sure. By the way, should make mention whether you found us through John's site, sportsmediawatch.com, whether you found us through a social media link, make sure you're following or subscribing. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts, you can find the sportsmediawatch.com podcast. Just search for it. We come usually early in the week. We're a little later, one day later this week because I was working. John, I expected a full critique. I haven't gotten one yet. I was working the Horizon League Men's Basketball Championship game on national radio on TuneIn. Will Haskett and I called the game in Indianapolis that saw Wright State, the Raiders, out of uh, Dayton, Ohio, roar from 16 points behind to win on a final shot in the final mm. 10 seconds to beat Northern Kentucky. Wright State will now enter the NCAA tournament probably as a 16 seed, may very likely be playing a Gonzaga, a Kentucky, a Duke, uh, maybe a Baylor or, or uh, a Kansas or somebody like that. Maybe they're in the first four. I don't know. But we did the game nationally on Tuesday night, so that's why I'm a little sleep deprived. But we're getting this done. We're getting it out. We're usually out early in the week. Um, so here we are. So anyway, we'll get to the March Madness in a moment. Probably the biggest headline is the news making still of what's going to happen in the Monday night football booth. What's what's now happening uh, reportedly for the Amazon prime Thursday night NFL game. It looks like Kirk Herbstreet is the choice, not official, but the reporting is Herbstreet is the choice. John first to you with a reaction that uh, a guy that's known more as a college football announcer will go get that gig instead of an NFL announcer. Well, I think it's, uh, you know, I mean, it's interesting, certainly. Uh, I think it'll be uh, fascinating to see what the reaction is to Kirk Herbstreet on a weekly basis. So far, he's been benefiting from, I think, a lot of, uh, you know, the substitute teacher aspect, right? He kind of comes <laughs> in a little bit and, uh, you know, he doesn't have to deal with the permanent scrutiny. This is pretty much the exact same thing we saw with Brad Nestler and uh, uh, who was it? Nestler and uh, uh, God, what was his name? The Rams coach, you know, used to cry a lot. Vermeil. 
Yeah. Okay, uh, Nestler Vermeil. Yeah. Yeah. Dick Vermeil. That, that was uh, actually, let me do it all over. So if you're just do it all over. Do it all over. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it just reminds me a lot of uh, what we saw with uh, Brad Nestler and Dick Vermeil way back when the first time ESPN did the doubleheader and everyone was like, uh, hey, this is a great team. You'll have to see more of them. Right. And, you know, ultimately it's uh, that's just the way it is. Everyone just prefers what they don't have. Right. So we'll see if Herb Street doing it full time is something people are actually going to enjoy. I love that analogy because I, I have a friend, I have an acquaintance in the media, and he's been a substitute teacher. And his handle, I believe it's still his handle on social media, is the cool sub. He was always deemed as the cool substitute that would come in, and everybody liked that. Um, interesting that we had theorized maybe Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreet might be the choice for Monday night football, two nights after the Saturday marquee or primetime game of college football on ESPN and ABC. But apparently that's not the case. Apparently it will be Troy Aikman in the booth and Herbstreet now to do Thursday night with someone else. Is that someone else, Al Michaels? Is that someone else, another name that we're not thinking of? Is Joe Buck going to end up on Monday night? Uh, as we've been theorizing and talking about with Troy Aikman on ESPN. If so, what happens with Al Michaels? Does he take the Amazon job? Is J if Joe Buck stays at Fox, you've got the uh, the thought process that who you put with Aikman, now who do you put with Herb Street? Going to be interesting with the musical chairs, not just with NFL free agency, but with NFL broadcaster, play-by-play, -play, and analyst free agency, John. Yeah, no, I mean, it's all uh, in flux like we've never seen before in the NFL. Uh, and uh, there's a lot of money. You know, it's so fascinating. Uh, I mean, we have this idea that everyone gets paid what they're worth, but that's not really true because you could put, you know, Mayim Bialik from Blossom alongside Jim Nance and it wouldn't make a difference in the ratings, right? It wouldn't, <laughs> you know? So the reality is, uh, I mean, I'm not saying anyone's overpaid, but the reality is that this is kind of ridiculous. None of this is going to impact the ratings. A little. I mean, I will say getting Buck and Aikman makes a difference for ESPN because that signals that it's a real broad tandem. Test. You mean the tandem, yeah. right? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, you know, and um, you know, I, I think that that's a, that's a big one because with all due respect to not sure. uh, not unlike Summerall and Madden, and we discussed this before, made Fox, not just the football for Fox, but it really signaled for the Fox television network, this is the big time because they were the iconic CBS announcers. To your point, uh, I don't know that this is to that extent, but I understand the road that you're traveling down there, John. Right, exactly, which is to say that, you know, that's a that's a marquee pairing. That's a Super Bowl pairing. That is a well-respected pairing. And with all due respect to Levy, Riddick, and Greasy, that was it's a difference between bringing in a, a you know a four-time MVP and bringing in a two a second-year player. That's really what it comes down to. Maybe we'll see. You know, certainly Riddick, if he continues, uh, you know, he has the potential to be a great analyst. I mean, I'm sure he thinks he's got more than potential. I think he probably thinks he's already there, right? You know, I mean, he's been around for a while and has wanted that Monday Night Football job for a long time. But, you know, if you can get the if you can get the proven, you always want to get the proven over the, you know, the second year. So that will make I mean, but will that make a difference in the ratings? You know, I mean, I'm almost tempted to wonder as ridiculous a concept as this is, if the NFL would give ESPN better games with Buck and Aikman, 
Because I mean, like they they know. certainly did that for Fox. To your point, what Fox said is, we will have Buck and Aitman do all the games, but you got to give us better than Jacksonville, Houston. You've got to right. give us better than than Phoenix against or Arizona um, against the Seattle Seahawks every week. Yeah. It's got to be a marquee game every once in a while. And the NFL was willing to do that. So I understand your point there that maybe that's part of the leverage. And one more thing that we talked about, and maybe it was last week or maybe it was a couple of weeks ago, it all runs together. Aikman has been used to living in Dallas mm -hmm. doing five, six, seven right. Dallas Cowboy games because Fox has more access to them. He is at the most, John, what, going to get a couple of games of the Dallas Cowboys on Monday night. I think two's the maximum. And some years it's only one on Monday night football because they want the flexibility of having them on Thursday night, having them on Sunday night, having them uh, on a special Saturday prime time. You can only do it so many times. Right. So probably two is the max there. That's just interesting on the Cowboys for the, uh, for the frequency of that, but you make a good point on the scheduling. Maybe this does enhance and the flex scheduling too, of maybe a couple of games can be flexed late mm -hmm. in the year on Monday night football. Maybe that comes That's into true. play. Don't know. That's true. That's very true. The fact is that, you know, Monday night football is not the same as it used to be because of the ABC element this year. They're going to, they're going to have to have better games because of that. Uh, the flex scheduling that kicks in with the new deal, the Super Bowl, the divisional round game, there's right. not as big a gulf between the Monday night package and what Fox has been airing this whole time anymore. And uh, I do think that Buck and Aiken being there, it raises the bar. I mean, frankly, you know, it raises the bar for everybody. I mean, I'm not saying that ESPN has not put on a good Monday Night Football broadcast, but the reality is it has not been as good as the Fox broadcast, just period, beyond the announcing. It has not been at the same level of quality as what you see on Fox or on CBS or certainly on NBC on Sunday nights because it's Sunday Night Football, not NBC Sunday Night Football, but ESPN Sunday Night Football from a million years ago when they used to have uh, as theme music, uh, industrial noises. Remember that? When their theme <laughs> right. music was just industrial noises. And, you know, so the bar was relatively low. You know, you don't necessarily, I mean, not necessarily relatively low. I'm not saying they did a bad job, but they weren't putting on the kind of broadcast that you would need to be putting on if you were airing a Super Bowl. They have right. not given that kind of effort. So they're going to have to raise their game. And I think Buck and Aikman, they're coming from one of the great broadcasts that you ever see, which is the Fox NFL broadcast, which has become, you know, a really high quality, you know, top of the line broadcast. They're going to have to, they're going to have to bring it. Uh, well, the ESPN is going to have to bring it. I mean, well, we'll see if they do. We do know that Brian Greasy will not be involved. Greasy taking the quarterback coach job with the San Francisco 49ers. That was announced on Tuesday. Does Lewis Riddick end up in an NFL front office? He's interviewed several places. Does he remain with ESPN as an NFL analyst? If he's not in the booth, we'll see. And Steve Levy probably goes back to college football with another partner and or hockey, which is now back on ESPN as well as his sports center stuff. Listen to me sounding like I'm the programmer of the network, but this is just logic that's dictating on, uh, on what's going to happen here. Let me pin you down on, on uh, one prediction. Al Michaels to Monday night. If you're predicting Al Michaels to Thursday night now with Kirk Herbstreet or neither, maybe you predict neither, John Lewis. So, you know, as far as Al Michaels goes, 
I don't know if he's going to want to break in a newbie like Kirk is going to be. You know, Chris Collinsworth had done a Super Bowl before he started working with Al Michaels on Sunday Night Football. People forget, but he was with Buck and Aikman on Fox. They did a Super Bowl together in 2005. You know, Kirk has done the national championship of college football, but, you know, it's kind of like the difference between playing in the national championship of college football and playing in a Super Bowl. They're two very different things. And so is broadcasting them. So, you know, um, for just a regular Thursday night game, I think Kirk will be more than adequate, but I just think if you're Al Michaels, the opportunities, you know, certainly Buck kind of crowding you out of that Monday night job. I think he would have liked that. You know, I think, I don't know Can who I it throw was. one to you. Can I throw one to you? Sure, Joe go Buck goes with Aikman. Mm-hmm. Al Michaels goes to Fox. Yeah. I was going to bring that up. Juicy, I was say. Maybe. Well, I think it would be weird. That's for sure. Um, I don't know how that would work. Al Michaels on, I don't know. I mean, right. it would be really weird. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, so maybe I it doesn't know. work. Right. And you know or something? It- if I'm Fox, if I'm Fox, I'm going with Joe Davis. I'm going with Joe Davis, who's 33 or something like that years old and has all the talent that Joe Buck has, but needs a little bit more polish. Well, maybe not all the talent. But he's got like 75, 80 of the talent that Joe Buck has. I'm going with Joe Davis even ahead of Kevin Burkhart because there's a really high ceiling with Joe Davis in my view. Um, And, you know, Al is 77 years old. And I mean, ageism is always kind of crummy, but this is the least ageist industry in the world because 79 and 80 year old folks are still (laughs) occupying the best jobs. So, you know, the reality is that, uh, Al might end up with not much of a choice than to go with Thursday Night Football on Amazon, which is not the greatest opportunity for someone of his talents because no playoffs. You know, you're not going to get the best games. You're not even on real TV. Um, yeah. I mean, I think before all this other stuff happened, Thursday Night Football with Troy Aikman kind of felt like a bigger thing. Alan Troy. But now, you know, Alan Kirk Herbstreet calling the Jaguars against the North Charleston Low Gators. (laughs) This doesn't sound like a great thing. I hear you on that. By the way, I'm still on the record. There will be so much blowback and outrage from these games being on Amazon Prime, even if it is, uh, you know, the Carolina Panthers against the Atlanta Falcons, that you're going to see the NFL eventually buckle. Yes, it's a big check, but they'll eventually buckle and they will make it available either on the NFL network or make it available on network again because everybody's ingrained right now for the last 10 years right at it that the Thursday night game has been on network TV most of the time and available. And you're suddenly going to rip that away and just uh, the older demographic, speaking of ageism, is is not going to find Amazon Prime nearly as regularly as those channels are accustomed to, Fox, NBC and CBS that have shown this game on Thursday night. So, hey, we've reached the month of March and the mayhem and the madness is here. And if you're ready to experience it firsthand for the big dance, we've got the place to hook you up. It's Ticket Smarter and TicketSmarter.com. Hi, this is TJ Reeves. And yes, we're back to full capacity all across the college basketball landscape. And you want to get in with our friends at Ticket Smarter. You get a 100% guarantee on your tickets, and they've got them for more than 125,000 live concerts, sports events, theater events, and much more. The madness will be in full swing all the way through college basketball's championship, 
and we want you to experience it through Ticket Smarter and TicketSmarter.com. And we've got a special offer for those of you listening to us right here on College Basketball Coast to Coast. Use our promo code COAST22. That's COAST22, and you'll get $10 off your order every time with Ticket Smarter. Again, we know you're scouring for the best deals and the best seats all over the country for all of the college basketball action, and we encourage you to use Ticket Smarter, and we encourage you to use our code, COAST22. Save $10 every time that you make an order. Think smarter, Ticket Smarter, and our promo code, COAST22. We'll find out. That's my. Uh, we'll find out what that answer is. That's my two cents on that. Let's move on to another subject: to college basketball. The final game of Mike Shashevsky at home at Cameron Indoor Stadium. The Duke North Carolina game last Saturday night, six Eastern time. What an upset! What a comeback! What an upset for all time. John, quick opinion from you. I put this out there, being a big college basketball guy. I believe even if Hubert Davis, as a coach, wins a national championship later on it will not be bigger than winning the final game against coach k for north carolina in cameron that's going to be talked about 25 years from now that's probably going to be talked about 50 years from now winning that game against the all-time greatest coach i don't think it yes a national championship is tremendous it'd be the resume but as a couple people have pointed out dean smith did it multiple times roy williams did it multiple times you're not doing anything new with that Dean Smith and Roy Williams didn't beat Coach K in his final game. I do know that. A thought from you on that and the Saturday night broadcast. Isn't that kind of sad, though? You know, shouldn't UNC be above celebrating a regular season win? I don't care what the circumstances are. What are we talking about here? How did UNC get to the point that, you know, they're celebrating, hey, we spoiled Coach K's final game at Duke. You know, Duke's still going to go into the tournament with uh, a higher seating, I think. Mm -hmm. Realistically, I yeah, I, I've not watched much college hoops this year, so I had to couch that. But, you know, I mean, yeah, uh, I think it was a big game. Certainly uh, the ratings were much bigger than I thought. Now, I've said this before. I've cut the cord. I, I cannot watch ESPN anymore. I do have ESPN Plus, but I don't have linear ESPN. And realistically, my ESPN viewing has been dropping off pretty significantly for a while. So I have had none of the Coach K hype over this lead up period. I have not seen any of it. Uh, so for so me, we should mention for the audience here that did see it, there were 4 million watching and it was the most watched regular season audience since the Zion Williamson Duke uh, ACC championship game against Florida state that had 4 million people on that. It was the most watched Duke Carolina game since going back to that season when the two matchups with Zion Williamson against North Carolina in the regular season also topped 4 million. So clearly the, the ratings bump was there and the drama of Coach K losing. And then they showed John for an hour, the whole ceremony after the game where he was very angry. You've seen the clip on social media. He was angry at the beginning about having lost the game. And rightfully so. He's a competitor. And then he very uh, appropriately said, as you said, hey, this is not over yet. We still have the ACC tournament going on this week in New York. We still have the NCAA tournament final chapters to be written. But it did get over the four million mark for the ratings point. Yeah. Well, I haven't even seen the clip of him being angry. I've heard about it. But, you know, mm-hmm. I've, got a, I've got a million things going on right now. So I don't even it's amazing. You know, it's kind of almost a little liberating. I'm not able to uh, keep up with every single 
little flare up in, in sports anymore. But, you know, when it comes down to it, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I, for me, I didn't get any of the hype. I didn't get any of the build up. And so I went in thinking, who really cares? It's regular season college hoops. You know, and but apparently a lot of people. Well, look, I'm a big college basketball guy. You're never. Can I say never? See, you always got to be careful. I always joke about this, John. You got to be careful with words like never. Be careful with words like always. Be careful with the three words. I love you. Always be careful with those three words. But I'm going to say never. You're never going to see another coach in big time college football or basketball coach 42 years at the same school. That's not going to happen and that was coming to an end last saturday and he's iconic because he's won more games than anybody he's got the second most national titles behind john wooden and that's the most hated rival that they lost to for all time it's an l and i'm doing it on video with john and i'm holding up the l carolina fan can walk around with the l for duke all time on the final game for coach k the other initial uh, so there you go uh, on that, and we'll we'll see if it doesn't heighten things. Do you believe there will be a ratings bump for a lot of reasons, but not the least of which is if Duke progresses into the ACC title game, if Duke progresses into the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight, and we believe that they probably will, do you believe that will heighten it more here? Logically, you would think yes for CBS and Turner. Yeah, I think uh, obviously if you can get Duke in there, that's always good. People like to watch Duke lose. Um they like to watch Duke win too, right? You know, that's yep. the kind of team. They're like LeBron. They're like LeBron or Tom Brady or the Cowboys. People enjoy watching the them Yankees. win and Yankees. really enjoy watching them lose. Yeah, the Yankees too. Although, frankly, <laughs> this been, you know, if you're an if you're an undergrad, the Yankees are just another team, right? That's true. <laughs> this is the reality. One one World Series win in this century. A lot of people the, don't realize. Well, actually, you would count the two thousand one yeah. as the century, but two. None in the last 12 years, put it that way. Well, there's a lot um, of people for whom the Kansas City Royals are exactly as uh, significant a franchise <laughs> in their lifetime. Ouch, but, babe. Ouch, babe. true. On that. Um, while we're on the March Madness part of this, we're going to see some of the big-time announcing crews in the biggest games. For example, I just left Indianapolis, but uh, Jim Nance, uh, Bill Raftery, Grant Hill are going to be arriving and calling the games this weekend, including the Big Ten Championship game for Fox on Saturday night. That'll be Gus Johnson and Bill Raftery in the Big East title game at the Garden at Madison Square Garden. ESPN's ACC title game will have Dan Schulman, Jay Billis, the biggest voices on some of those games. So this is where it heightens in March here. And you see the biggest broadcasters and the biggest analysts on these biggest games coming this weekend. John, any thoughts on that? It seems to add to the drama. A little bit. Well, you know, it's nicer Jim Nance to actually call a couple of games for the tournament, right? You know, yep. I mean, uh, college basketball is a weird sport. The tournament is extremely popular. That's it. The rest of it is just a nothing burger. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's amazing because the tournament is really, really popular. We're talking about a sport that goes from zero to 60, right? And I mean, it's just amazing because you can have... Jim Nance not call a single game all year and everyone understands. So, you know, uh, it, it is, I don't think there's a single, uh, it's basically like figure skating and gymnastics and swimming, except every, it, instead of every four years that it becomes relevant, it's every March. Uh, and uh, so ultimately, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see what the numbers look like uh, for these uh, numbers uh, for this weekend. This is when the numbers start to pick up you know, championship week, mm -hmm. uh, big 10 tournament, 
It's always a big draw. Uh, and, you know, look, as long as we get the games in, you know, I don't know, the Ides of March, right? You know, talked about this last week. Absolutely. You know, we did. We did without two years ago when the shutdown happened right on the eve of this NCAA tournament. So yeah. let's get there. Let's get to the cusp of this weekend and see those biggest games. And we'll see. I mean, if you get the marquee matchups, for example, if it's a Villanova Providence third meeting for the Big East final at Madison Square Garden, that'll be rocking. Yeah. If you get Duke in the ACC title game for Coach K, there's a gravitational pull. The same thing on Sunday afternoon, one of the last tournament games before the NCAA selection show on Sunday night is the Big Ten championship game. And if that is, you know, along the lines of Illinois, which gives you the, the Chicago market, mm-hmm. somebody like Michigan State that's a brand name, maybe it's Ohio State that's a brand name that's in there in the mix with Purdue. If it's the biggest names, you're in, you're in good shape there as well. No offense to like Wisconsin and a couple of the others that are there. And, and it's, it's wild that, that Indiana, the same thing that with what you're saying, Indiana basketball. Yep. If I, if I said to you that Indiana basketball hasn't had a national championship since 1987, 1987, when Ronald Reagan was in his second term is the last Indiana national title. It's uh, it's incredible how long the drought has been, you know, uh, for Indiana basketball. Betty Davis and Lucille Ball might have been watching that 1987 title. There were a lot of people that are no longer with us that were maybe yeah. watching that uh, on that front. And speaking of selection, um, uh, Sunday night, again, that's massively rated. And it is interesting where the crossover even begins on Sunday night because Greg Gumbel not only has Clark Kellogg and mm-hmm. Seth Davis that have been there for 15 plus years in the studio with him, but Charles Barkley and Kenny Smith come in the fold. Uh, as well to go on selection Sunday night. And you talk about coming very late to the party. They come in and yeah. swoop in having basically not seen a whole lot for the NCAA tournament and the NCAA tournament only, but here we go. I mean, that, that will be massively watched and lead right into 60 minutes, et cetera, for CBS after that big 10 title game. And that's, that's something that has really cultivated. That's the word I will use over the last 30 years of being must-see appointment TV. Everybody right. stops. Everybody's making sure because that's the first time you find out the field, and only one place you do find it out is the CBS selection show. Yeah. ESPN will talk up for the next few days as we release the podcast. Oh, we've got our selection show, uh, our bracketology show coming at 6 Eastern time. Yeah, but they're sitting there waiting to hit pause on the digital screen to copy the CBS picks because they don't the CBS bracket because they don't have it on ESPN. The official release is on their show. Yeah, uh, you know uh, the selection show uh, ratings plunged for a little while there, but realistically, uh, you know, I mean, it, it comes down to for a long time because you didn't have cell phones and instant anything. It was a much bigger show. Well, the world has changed, so it's not that kind of show anymore. But in the context of the world as it is today, I think it does pretty well. You know, I mean, the fact is you can just sit down and see it on your phone. A lot of millions and millions of people choose to see it as it's broadcast. And that, I think, is a statement uh, of uh, how uh, big a draw that this event is. All right. few minutes left here with John Lewis. Uh, and so let's get into it. Here we go. I'm ready. Love it or leave it. Along these lines, I don't know this about you, and I, I wonder, do you love you some brackets, or do you leave it? Do you fill out a bracket after Selection Sunday? John Lewis on Love It or Leave It. Well, I only just started a few years ago. I don't do any, like, 
office pools or anything like okay. that. I just uh, do the ESPN game and uh, I always have the hopes of being correct and getting some money, but of course <laughs> it's rare, uh, but it's, you know, actually it is kind of fun. It does give you a little bit of something to think about. I mean, I've never done fantasy sports or, or, or sports betting, but it does give you a little bit more of a rooting interest. Uh, no doubt. Now, Mike and Mike on the radio show, Mike Greenberg and uh, Mike Golick always talked about bracket integrity. I always loved that on their show. In other words, do you fill the same bracket out in all these different contests, uh, different ones, or do you hedge? Do you pick, you know, maybe Houston as the five seed in this game, but not take the 12 seed in this right. in this other bracket that I have? Do you practice bracket integrity if you fill out more than one or do you hedge sometimes? Oh, I always so, I mean, I'm not going to, I mean, I only do the ESPN one. Okay. So I mean, every different one is going to be a little bit different. Uh, and, uh, you know, Hey, you can fill out multiple ones that way. If you fall off the, you know, off of one, you have another one that maybe can be the one that's a winner. And I, my hand is up. People may put slings and arrows at me. I love the game. I love this event. And I will hedge at times where I will have a 12 seat in the sweet 16 in one bracket but I have them losing on the opening game in another bracket. I do not practice bracket integrity. I just wanted to find that out about John Lewis. And a lot of people do that by the hundreds of thousands, if not by the millions, they vary it up because you know, the upsets are coming, John. It's just a right. matter of where are they? It's not going to be all the favorites, not, yeah. not going to be all the favorites on that. All right, let's continue. Love it or leave it. Apple TV is talking to major league baseball. Are we ever going to get a major league baseball season? Are we ever going to get spring training? John, Love it or leave it, Apple TV and an MLB deal. What are your thoughts here? You wrote about it on the site real quick. Yeah, so this is uh, an interesting deal. Ultimately, it's the beginning of Apple's involvement into sports broadcasting, and we'll see if that's actually a big deal or if this is just another version of the YouTube TV deal that MLB had where there were exclusive games on YouTube TV. Uh, MLB, uh, this is an official deal. It's already been signed, Friday Night Games. Uh, we'll see if that's a driver of subscriptions for Apple TV Plus. I don't know if baseball has that kind of pull right now. Uh, we'll see if they can get a deal done. The owners are, you know, leveraging the season to try and extract a better deal from the players. That's what it is. That's what a lockout is. And we'll see if they can get something done. Prediction from you. Are they going to be playing baseball in early April here? Or do you believe that the, the number I keep hearing getting kicked around is they got to play 140 games to collect the TV money. So that could be all of April and then truncate the schedule. Do you believe we're going to see baseball in mid April, an early prediction? Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, I mean, you know, they're close enough based on the reporting I'm seeing from Bob Nightingale and some other people. I mean, it would be uh, even by uh, baseball ownership standards, uh, a feat of insanity to uh, cost a season. But then again, two years ago, they could have been playing when nobody else was playing in empty stadiums. And Rob Manfred and the owners chose to play hardball with the players over money and play the 60 game schedule that year. Yeah. We will see what they do for this season. I've got one more real quick. Love it or leave it. The USFL is saying, hey, uh, we're, we're on two different networks. They've released their early TV schedule here. It's actually the first game, I believe, is going to be on both yeah. on, on uh, Fox and NBC. John, love it or leave it. Are you interested in this spring football league, the latest incarnation? There have been like three of them already that have come and flamed out and gone. When it comes in April here in about a month, are we love it or leave it yet on the USFL real quick? The USFL, I mean, no, long story short, I'm not going to watch a single game of this uh, ever, <laughs> you know. Uh, but, you know, the XFL 
had my attention. The XFL seemed real. One, they weren't playing in the same stadium every single week. And it just kind mm-hmm. of a big it seemed like a real thing. Uh, there was a major push by the networks. Fox and ESPN really went all in to try to make it seem like a big thing. And it seemed like a big thing. And it was capturing a lot of people's attention. And yeah, the ratings had steadily gone down week to week. Uh, you know, uh, the ratings were on a downward traje- trajectory when COVID hit. But you know, I, I imagine that had things gone normally, there would have been at some point a settling of the ratings into a consistent halfway decent group, maybe in the low one range on broadcast, high, high fractional range on cable. Uh, but that was a moment in time. The XFL had the brand power. The XFL came just after that documentary, and it seemed like a real football league. It seemed like, you know, not NFL level, but competent and legitimate. No one, I mean, the USFL, first of all, you want to talk about, you know, Betty Davis and Lucille Ball. I mean, you know, Dwight Eisenhower might have been alive for the original <laughs> XFL, right? The USFL, you know? right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, USFL, exactly. Well, and, and the, the other the other thing that you bring up, because I'm in Tampa Bay, and the Bandits were very popular in the 80s as the USFL team, but I've had people even saying to me, they're not even playing games in Tampa. They, I don't, they're not even practicing yeah. in Florida. There's no allegiance in Birmingham, New Jersey, Houston, Pittsburgh, all the different places they're looking at playing, um, Michigan, the, 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 old, the old brand names, there's no allegiance because they're not even playing there. So, well, it's a TV product and a TV product only initially to run TV ads and, and be a secondary minor league for football. We'll see if that works. Uh, that means that we have got to uh, virtually wrap this up. John Lewis, do you have any final thoughts here before we get out of here on the sportsmediawatch.com podcast? What else? I wanted to get this correct. Uh, some actual actors who were alive in 1983 when the USFL was on. <laughs> that would include Buster Crab died right. that year. Uh, Muddy Waters. Don't know that name. No, I, I think I've heard that name somewhere. Let's John see. Wayne had died a couple of years before the, uh, yeah. the Cowboys. Tennessee Williams. Tennessee Williams was still alive in 1983. Hmm. Uh, Ronald Reagan's first term in the White House. Gas about 60 cents a gallon, by the way, if people can relate. Even if you extrapolate that for inflation three times, that's $1.80. So wow. just, uh, you know, hey, just thought I would share that about 1983 and we'll see what happens. John, anything else here yeah. or are we good? I did want to mention just really quickly the Brittany Griner situation, which is so bizarre and serious. Mm. You know, a lot of people have been uh, upset that there was an initial coverage of this. But I think it's very important to keep in mind that the only reason we know anything about this is that the Russians said something. So all of the people who have Brittany Griner's best interests at heart have not said anything. So, yes, there is an element of sexism and, you know, people not caring about female athletes and, and, and the denigration of black women and all of those things are, you know, I would imagine part of it. But I think the primary thing here is that the people who care about Brittany Griner and really want her safety are not saying anything while the, you know, let's be real here. The terrorists are the ones who have told us about this, right? So I think that is, uh, I think that says a lot. And I think it means that it's probably important to well, keep that in mind. And we need more clarification. Is the State Department, the U.S. State Department working on this? What are they saying about it? Uh, it's unclear. Is she still in custody? Again, she plays professionally in Russia. And it's unclear whether she's still in custody because we're relying on the Russians right, right. now to speak the truth 
about that. We need to know more about that. I know that's what you're saying as well, John, as we wrap up. Yeah. I mean, the State Department is definitely involved. It's just they're not going to say anything because it's very, very delicate. She's in a very dangerous situation. There is no doubt on that. On a lighter note, we've got March Madness. We've got Selection Sunday. We've got all the hoops. John will be writing about it on the site, that and the musical chairs for the broadcast. Hopefully you're writing about Major League Baseball coming back in and spring training and spring training television. I hope we have that as well. But for now, we've come to another edition of the show. John, I always love being with you. Thank you for hanging out. It will be, we'll have a bracket this time next week. It will be March Madness for real this time next week. I appreciate it as always. Thank you. Hey, no problem. Canvas is terrible. Blackboard was better. (laughs) (laughs) One more dig at them. There goes John Lewis, SportsMediaWatch.com. I am merely TJ Reeves. Subscribe to this podcast. Follow us, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or the SportsMediaWatch.com podcast. Bye.